Hello and welcome to Scurvy Companions, the No Sweat Shakespeare podcast. My name is Emily, and today I'll be speaking with Elsa Joy. Elsa is speaking with us about her role as Puck in Iris Theatre's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. A graduate of the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, she's previously appeared in The Three Musketeers with Iris Theatre. Her other notable credits include Love and Other Acts of Violence at Donmar Warehouse, The West End and UK Tour of Bad Jews, Not Quite Jerusalem at Finborough Theatre, and The Two Gentlemen of Verona and another production of Midsummer with Guilford Shakespeare. Elsa is joining us to discuss how Iris Theatre's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream updates Shakespeare to make his stories more fun and accessible to a modern audience. Elsa will also discuss her own journey with theatre and what she thinks brings audiences back to Shakespeare again and again. Hey there, thank you so much for joining us. Not at all, thank you for having me. Yes, absolutely. So, Ailsa, tell me a bit about you're in this production of A Midsummer Night's Dream, but first I want to talk just a little bit about you and, and who you are as a person, as an actor, as a creator. So tell me a bit about your background in theatre. Just a little overview. Sure thing. Well, um, I was very lucky that I grew up with um, the only mother in the world who wants her kid to be an actor. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, she's a writer and she's very, very shy. So she was like, I don't want my kid to be as shy as me. So we, I grew up near this, this theatre called the Watermill Theatre, which is this converted mm. mill in the middle of nowhere. And so I just saw every single play growing up, um, which is such a gift. And you realise how lucky you are later in life, right? Yeah. Um, I went to drama school. I went to RADA in London and sort of, mm -hmm. I was like Dorothy and Oz coming to London I was just oh like, oh, everything's in Technicolor. <laughs> where where were you before you were in London? Where did you grow up? This tiny little place called um, Newbury, which is sort of close to Oxford. Yep. Okay. Gotcha there. <laughs> yeah. A very tiny village in the middle of nowhere. So coming to the big city was just changed my life for the better. And I sort of, it was such a gift to not be shy anymore as well. Mm. Like, yeah. shyness is a beautiful beautiful thing and shy people often say you know the wisest things because they're very careful with their words but often it's just walking into a room full of people becomes so difficult and so yeah I think I think acting really gave me the gift of of knowing how to be with people mm -hmm. like being with a cast is the happiest the happiest place to be right <laughs> It's so true. And I think that that's, it's such a good point that as a child being exposed to that world is so important because you, you get to learn how to interact with people in that way. That's a really good point. Um, so yeah, that was just my, um, I, I always loved theatre. I was never a kind of movie person because sure. the whole, yeah, putting theatre together, putting plays together just always made me really happy. So the fact that I can make a living in it is astonishing you know to, to balance that with like loads of part-time jobs is amazing yeah and so so tell me about your production now about this production with the iris theater um it's a very unusual one um, yeah the director is just going we want this to be the most accessible version 
of a Shakespeare play. And remind me who the director is again? Uh, she's called Sarah Anika Malik, and she's just, I've worked with her before on mm-hmm. a very serious play about the pogroms in Ukraine uh, back in. Wow. <laughs> so, very different subject matter. Where was that? It was at the Donmar Warehouse. Bizarrely, um, Iris uh, Iris Theatre is based in this beautiful church called the Actors Church in Covent yeah. Garden. And, oh, it's just incredible, like really, sure. really beautiful place. And covered, the walls are just covered with plaques dedicated to people like Vivian Lee or, you know, Thelma Holt and all these like proper doyens of the theatre. Yeah. <laughs> but the Donmar Warehouse is just round the corner as well mm-hmm. so I've spent a lot of time in Covent Garden recently which is very like tourist centre of London. Yep I have heard quite a lot about Donmar Warehouse probably because tourist centre but still no oh, I, I've heard it's, it's, it's such an excellent theatre so that's that's incredible that you've worked with her before and yeah how is it working with her on this process and tell me again about that kind of different nature of this production. Um, so it's set in an American college campus yeah. because our director absolutely loves all of the TV shows that we in Britain, we grew up alongside, you know, we grew up with, you know, Saved by the Bell or yeah. the OC or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. And so she's like, well, is there a way of weaving that in with Shakespeare as well? So we're giving it a go. We're just seeing if it works or not, you know? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Was there was there any kind of um, idea as to why that would work particularly well with Midsummer? do you think? I think because of the lovers. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, that we've had a lot of fun with that. So the lovers are going to be in these gorgeous, a mixture of cheerleader costumes, um, but with corsets. Love it. Yeah. Yes. And so yeah. the boys, so Demetrius and Lysandra and these like Letterman jackets, um, and then Puck is kind of the outcast at school, and you've got oh, good. The and that's of, you, obviously. Yeah, we've got the uh, the sort of uh, the Breakfast Club set up of all good. of the, you know, the nerds, the jocks, and n- none of them live in harmony. So right. we're slightly and tweaking it. Yeah, I love that. And then who are Titania and Oberon? They they are the outcasts. They're the sort. They of, are too. Um, okay, so. So they're kind of Sid and Nancy. That's who they're being cast as in all like Great. leather. I, I tell you, it's daft. It's really silly. <laughs> but I think it's going to be fun. That's part of the joy of it. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And yes, and tell me about playing Puck. What excited you about this role and how are you finding it? I genuinely think this is a bit cheesy, but I think we've all got a little Puck in all of us. That mm, little voice. In what in way? Like in you see serious businessmen. I mean, if you're in New York, you know, it's that weird thing of like people in the arts. You can walk down one avenue and there's like theatre kids lining up for an yeah. open audition. And it's the same in <laughs> London. And you'll be on the tube with a bunch of students drinking beer and then some very serious city people. And there's mm-hmm. a little bit of you that just wants to go up to the city boys and throw all their paper in the air. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and all these people having serious meetings. You just want to like, run in and like custard pies in the face I think we all have that little like troublemaker in us yes Um, definitely it's also carrying a lot of the plot so I was Mm -hmm. really nervous about that is that essentially you're the audience's guide but that's difficult because that's not really a character there's Mm. not really a lot you can 
you know, characterize that with when you are just come with me, listen to our story, go with it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) No, that's such a good point. It's finding that balance of of character and plot devices, really. That's true. And I love what you said about disrupting the kind of status quo, serious. Yeah, no, that's exactly what Puck is and what this story does. It's beautiful. (laughs) And tell me just about your experience with Shakespeare in general. I'm sure you worked on Shakespeare a lot at RADA, but what do you enjoy about performing Shakespeare? I love it. There's there's a beautiful quote from Alan Bennett's The History Boys where he talks about mm. the beauty of reading and how you come across um, a feeling or an emotion or a way of seeing things that you thought was co- totally unique to you and it's like a hand's reached out and taken yours. I love that quote. And I think mm. Shakespeare is very like that, that especially about love. God, the, the descriptions of love are just unreal. Like... And the descriptions, even of women, obviously he's not the best at women, but the little thing like in Two Gents where Julia is looking at a picture of Sylvia after Proteus has gone off and shacked up with Sylvia. And and she's like, well, she's got auburn hair and my hair is perfect yellow. Oh, well, maybe he'll love me if I get a wig. I think that's so spot on of just at the absolute ridiculousness of like, how can I make this person love me? He's so good at that. And then yeah. he's so good at writing about things like aging and how you mm. view the world in a different way. I think The Tempest is all about just getting old. Yes. And I think he really captures human emotion in a way that just using language and nothing else that I think is yeah. so beautiful. And it it surprises me every time I come back to it. So I've done, I love doing Twelfth Night. I was a really, mm. like, I was a really horny Eliza- uh, Olivia in Twelfth Night. That's the way to play it. That's the only way to play it. <laughs> Where she's just like, oh, just really, really fancy Violet, you know. Um, yeah. I did um, A Much Ado as Hero. Mm. And I remember the chief compliment I got was how convincing my fainting was. And you're like... <laughs> Okay, that's not it. It's not the best. Compliment, I'm sure, other things okay. were convincing too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else have I done? Oh, um, I've done Midsummer Night's Dream before and been Hermia because I'm five oh, foot yeah. three, and that's the it's, rule. I'm five foot one. I completely understand. That's the rule. You have to play Hermia. You have to play Hermia. <laughs> Hermia and Puck. Those are your two yeah. options. Nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, and two gents, which was a lot of fun as well because. I thought it was fascinating how it's just a blueprint for Romeo and Juliet, isn't it? It is. It's like uh, Romeo and Juliet, if if you were even madder at the characters. (laughs) Absolutely. Proteus is just an infuriating man. And Valentine being banished. You're like, that is Romeo's (laughs) banished speech. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's completely the blueprint. What are some moments in Midsummer where you see that very human... um, uh, a connection that you were talking about with the text or the the love like really clearly articulated do you have any favorite lines or moments I can't I mean I love we've changed it from lord what fools these mortals be to lord mm. what fools these lovers be which Ooh. I know is you know you're taking liberties by changing Shakespeare but in our sure. version everybody's mortal um but I love that I love the fact that the fairies the outsiders just marvel at how crazy love sends you 
I think yeah. we've all behaved so badly when we're in love. You know? <laughs> um, Definitely. Yeah. And there's so many. Be- and that just the whole concept of theatre in Puck's speech at the end. Yeah. Just think that you have but slumbered here while these visions did appear. I, I just think that's what Shakespeare loved about theatre. He just loved the fact that you can go, it's not real. Yeah. None of it's real, but we hope that you went along with it. Well, and I think that's what we all love about theater too. It doesn't it hasn't really changed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> and so for this production, you know, you've mentioned you're updating it. Um, how do you think that, you know, I feel like there's been a lot of conversation about how we can keep Shakespeare relevant in performance and certainly everything that you're saying about, you know, the the humanness of the text and all of that I think already does but um how do you think that we can continue to keep the classics and keep Shakespeare relevant in performance um I'm I'm definitely not precious about Shakespeare personally no I Um, don't think you should be I think that's part of how you can keep it relevant agreed yeah I think the relevance is just what he's writing about is evergreen and that's why it survives because it's we continue to love, we continue to suffer from jealousy, we continue to torment ourselves about getting old. Women, you know, for all that, you know, Hermia in Midsummer is banished for loving the wrong man. Mm. You know, that's not modern day. We can't make sense of that. But for women, it's always more complicated getting into a relationship. We, we come up against more barriers than men do. So I think that is sort of an evergreen thing. And I, I, yeah, those stories about love for me are endlessly relevant while we're still falling in love, while we're still, you know, experiencing first love, which he's so good at writing about. Oh, he is. Yeah. That sort of teenage crush thing. Yeah. How, how can that not be? There will never be a time where that's not, that's what we base our soap operas around. That's what all our right. sitcoms are about. Um, yeah. Looking back on on your career, what are some of your favorite past productions that you've done? I've been super lucky, actually. I think coming out of drama school, I didn't know what I was going to... I didn't know what I was going to be when I left drama school. I didn't know mm. what my niche was. Um, and I thought I would end up doing quite a bit of Shakespeare because I loved it. I, I've gone on to do Shakespeare. I've gone on to do American comedies. So I don't know if you remember mm. Bad Jews. Bad Jews, I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I played Daphne over here. And that was, I mean, that changed a lot for me in terms of my career. Just suddenly I ended up getting in more rooms after that. But it was That's just amazing. one of those... Oh, it was one of those jobs. Honestly, I would have done it forever. <laughs> like if they if they were just like, do you want to do this play for three years? Sure. <laughs> sure. Yep. Yeah. So I've done. And the job at the Donmar Warehouse was a bit of new writing. Yeah. And so I've done a couple of plays where they published the play afterwards and your name in the, is in the front as part of the original yeah. cast. And that's that never that that is just something to show your mum forever you know <laughs> oh yes get that framed <laughs> yeah and milady 
in Musketeers, playing a villain is always so much fun. Of course. <laughs> but you've been in so many different kinds of performances. So what would you say your style is as a performer? Um, I think I was, I was terribly bound up with text as a performer for a long time. Mm. And Sarah gave me this amazing, I think it's a great, useful thing for me as an actor. And yeah. I was working with Sarah before she said, you're great when you have text, you're a really strong actor, but when you don't have text, you fade out a little bit. You don't, mm. it's like you don't trust yourself. And that's been so helpful for me as an actor of just going like, no, I need to trust that there's something going on, even if I don't have words, even if I'm silent, what happens in those silences. Um, and drama school, I used to laugh about it so much, but animal work is really helpful. So I'm yes. really big on like, I have to have an animal. Um, but what are some of your favorite animals that you've embodied? <laughs> um, because I was shy at drama school, they gave me a peacock. So I had to be Great. a peacock. Um, I remember Daphne in Bad Jews was a cat because mm. it's that quality where she can't quite sit down. So everybody in the room is always slightly tense because she just won't sit down. She's just forever on the move. Um, and Puck. I've I've just this week decided that uh, this puck is a spider monkey. It's just forever just like leaping on people. <laughs> well, of course. That is such a good point too, is that I feel like with Shakespeare, we do get so bound up in the text and it's so important to remember that it is physical as much as it is textual and vocal. I think yeah. it's, a, it's a really pretentious thing to say, I think, but the iambic and the way that the iambic goes often... Mm is so correct for the beat of how you deliver lines. I think it's also really helpful for what you're doing with your body. Yes. Like some of those beats and some of like the O's and the stretching out of a vowel where he's been really deliberate about where the stress is. Mm. I think, I think it's like, it's really helpful for when you like fall to your knees and weep or where you, you know, throw your arms up in joy type of thing. I think it is, I think even the movement stuff is in the text. Shakespeare's Definitely. amazing. You can do amazing yeah. things. Well, and outside of that, what advice would you give people who might be interested in performing Shakespeare who haven't done much of it? <laughs> um, if you've gone to see Shakespeare all your life and you've never enjoyed it, it's not you. Like, you you have to have like there will be a production out there that you will enjoy because yes it just it just is because the stories are just quintessentially great stories mm -hmm. and it's not your you're not stupid if you've been to see Henry V and just sat there baffled because a good Henry V you have just even if it's just the intonations even if it's just the way it's delivered people's intentions. I think you should be sucked in. Um, yeah, I think it, it, Shakespeare at its best can be so funny and mm. so exciting. And I remember seeing a Romeo and Juliet when I was younger. And by the interval, I was in tears, realizing my current boyfriend at the time really didn't love me because I'm like, well, that's love. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. 
Oh, that is, yeah, that's such a profound realization to have from theater. <laughs> yeah, my my mum was a bit like, oh, darling. <laughs> uh, yeah, I knew, I knew that, but I'm glad Romeo and Juliet has... <laughs> has helped you and understand it, things in your life. Yeah, and mm. I just think great, great actors, great directors can take those mad bits of Shakespeare, because there are just bits of Shakespeare, aren't there, where... He just needed to reach a deadline, like the bit in Two Gents where he, where Valentine becomes captain of the <laughs> captain of the um, the outcasts in the forest, and you're a bit like, oh, Shakespeare, that's yeah. bad. <laughs> um, but a sure, great actor, I guess. yeah. Okay, we'll work. We'll work <laughs> something out, guy. Yeah. Um, but even that, I remember seeing As You Like It, and there are bits of As You Like It which are a bit mad. But I saw the Royal Shakespeare Company with Katie Stevens as Rosalind, Mariah Gale as Celia. And there is a bit at the end of the play where they're both getting married. And they, mm. you've just been on this epic journey with these two women who are such close friends. And it's, and it's not there in Shakespeare. And yet it is. But it's these two actors who just looked across the stage at each other in tears and just smiled at each other. And it... And it's just that comes from the two characters that Shakespeare created, but it was came from two great actors to lift that into reality. Yes. So yeah, that's my that's my thing to anyone who performs Shakespeare, who reads Shakespeare, is it's not you. You've probably seen some bad productions, but there will be one that wins you round. I guarantee there it. There will. Yes. Oh, I so agree with that. That's beautiful advice. And then what's next for you? I know what you're doing Midsummer right now. Uh, do you have anything um, uh, that we can see you in soon or any ways that we can find you on social media, on the internet? Um, no, I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing next. We're still living in a very... That's the of life like of an actor. Post-pandemic time, isn't it? Yeah. So, oh, I um, know. Yeah. Lots, lots of possible things. Um, yeah, look, I've I've been very lucky in that there's lots of things that people want to make and they've had workshops mm. and trying mm. them out. And that's that's such a lot of fun is trying out the beginning of that creative process. So I've done a lot of that yes. recently. And I really, that is actually I something like else I wanted more. to. Oh, yes. No, that is something I wanted to ask you about was now that we're hopefully on sort of the tail end of the pandemic. How does it feel to be performing live theater again? Oh, it's gorgeous. It's just magic. And oh, yeah, it, it is completely magic connecting with an audience. And that's the role as, of Puck as well, particularly in ours. It's it's that hand reaching out into the audience. And if you do your job right, then the audience reach back and take your hand. Um, and it's been awful for, you know, 2020 you were just a hand into the darkness. There was just nobody there. Nothing. Yeah. Um, so for them to be physically there, to have a front row again, mm. ah, there's nothing like it. Because the whole reason, that's a huge reason of why I do it, is because I was that audience. I am that audience in theatres. Um, and it changed my life sitting in theatres. The idea that someone would come and see something I'm in the piece of theater I'm in and be as moved as I've been moved or laugh mm. myself hoarse the way I have 
that's amazing what what an absolute gift what a reason to be alive (laughs) yes that's so true well thank you so much for joining us and if you are in the london area you can check out their production of a midsummer night's dream which will be at the actors church with iris theater and when are your performances again just so everybody knows it's the 29th of june to the 13th of august Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. You too. Thank you for still talking to me. Thank you so much for listening to Scurvy Companions. If you'd like to see Iris Theatre's production of A Midsummer Night's Dream, it will be performing at St. Paul's Church in Covent Garden through the 13th of August. You can find No Sweat Shakespeare online at nosweatshakespeare.com, where we share Shakespeare educational analysis, historical resources, fun blog articles, and more. You can also find us on social media at at No Sweat Shakespeare on Instagram and Facebook, and at Easy Shakespeare on Twitter. We hope to have you listening with us again soon. <laughs>